I hope you're persevering. Uh, this is quite a lot to take in because actually, you know, the, the, the heart doesn't move at the rate of speech or the rate of the mind, which jumps along quite quickly. So to integrate some of these teachings into practice, you, you can imagine, you know, it could take a long time in terms of the brain, in terms of the mind, to actually really assimilate and touch into and soften some of these deeply embedded restrictive patterns and the afflictive emotions that are associated with those. And uh, these are both um, historically based and um, pretty much systemic. These are restrictions. I don't like to linger too much on the restrictions, but um, to be honest, one has to acknowledge them. Uh, Rage, fear, grief. And they can be combined in different mixtures, you know, different different degrees of intensity. Rage can be just that feeling of frustration, can't get through, and building up of tension. Fear can be a feeling just a nagging anxiety, not not necessarily terror, but that wavering what's what's going to happen next, and prepare for the future because if I don't prepare for the future, if I don't considerably plan what's going to happen, I don't feel comfortable. Well, that's called anxiety, um, and or or and, and grief, which is a sense of loss. I'm left out. Fundamentally. I only get in here if I'm good enough. So what I am basically is left out. And we can touch into these in degrees, you know, social interactions. And we can touch into these in a meditation. And we can also touch into the way we stop experiencing them rather than deal with them. We stop experiencing them through a kind of closure, a restrictiveness, a numbing, a sealing off, or a jumping away from the from the felt experience, or an avoiding of it. And we do that nimbly and very well. Okay, so When we consider these emotions, we can recognize most, they're all not really acceptable. Grief is okay for a little while, but then get over it, you know, because you should be a cheerful person. Fear, yeah, okay, a little flash of it if a bear jumps on you, but you don't, you don't want to be an anxious person because it means you're weak. You haven't got it together. If you're a grief-ridden person, come on, man up with you, you know, life's tough. And rage, you're a nasty, violent person. Control yourself, control your emotions. <laughs> so, I mean, surely these, these are social messages. I'm not 
right? And uh, you can see particularly rage, you know, out come the cops, <laughs> out come the, to beat you down. Um, but you recognize, aren't they totally normal to some degree? You know, like if you've got your the sense of being a self, being a separate entity, isn't that rather already a rather grief experience of a separate being? Oh my goodness, you know, I'm separable from my my mother, my warmth, my they could leave me. Isn't that frightening? Yeah, and maybe they have left me. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. And then I want what I want. They say I can't have it. I want a cookie, but they won't let me have it. <laughs> I'm angry. And if I get angry, I get punished. So I just throw a tantrum or two, and eventually they just scold me or shout at me or shut me out. So I basically shut it up. I can it and I pull myself together and I get over it and I get over the, the anxiety how do I get over it I close something down I look the other way and so you get these closures but isn't it isn't it utterly normal to feel when you're in the traffic to feel frustrated you're not getting to work on time mm. So if we can't express it, because <laughs> that's it's a, it's a volcanic energy, and yet stuffing it down causes this closure. What do we do? Well, this is where the Brahmavihara come in. Particularly <laughs> hmm. if it's an embodied form. You feel that heating and that tightening when you spread goodwill, warmth. Because you need to learn that, that once you're in a separate form, there is separation from the love. When you're in a separate form, there is pain. When you're in a separate form, there is not getting what you want. But you don't have to take it personally. And also you can reach into that which is bigger than that separate form. And this is why these Dhamma teachings, religious teachings, spiritual teachings are so crucial to Take us to a place where, you know, we we're not we don't feel that sense of loss and separation. We don't feel that we feel held. We feel comfortable into something that never leaves us. Now, you know, people call it God. What you want to call it is kind of certainly very problematic to start putting labels on these things. Unconditioned, loving heart, whatever. Yeah, but it's it's noted. It's very, it's noted, all the traditions note that experience. This is the one you go to. And it doesn't occur through 
suppressing, it goes through meeting the closure that those those emotions arose from. Yeah. So the closure that arises from the closure of my my wish to do or my wish to be, right? My wish to have something happen is closed down. My wish to get or my, my wish for justice is closed down. Reasonable wish being closed. Yeah. And of course we can get very angry about kinds of quite, not just cookies, but my rights as a human being, you know, so forth. I remember looking at a, as a car sticker. I remember noticing a few, a couple of presidents ago, this car sticker says, if you're not getting angry, you're not paying attention. <laughs> so you only have to look at the political scene. If you're not getting angry, there must be something wrong with you. <laughs> right? <laughs> but <laughs> what do you do about that, you know? Okay. And just getting snarled up and tense. Does that give you capacity? So we go to that sense of the closure of our wish to do. We go to that sense of the closure that seems to occur when a shadow of separation falls. She's walked out. He's gone. I'm not part of the group. They said I wasn't good enough. I'm not part of the group. The closure that occurs around that, which happens. Yeah. There's another one there, and the grief, the crumbling of self-worth and dignity and fruitfulness. Because I saw, I found my nourishment from that being. When I was admitted into the group, we had fun together, I was nourished. When she stayed with me, I felt loved and adored and happy. Now she's gone, my nourishment's been cut off. And so there's a closure there. And the closure of the, um, you know, of time. What will the future be? I cannot know. Will it be good? I can't know. Will it be certain? I can't know. So I think, because my stability, my security is threatened. So I'm locked out of that security. And of course, these normal experiences, nothing to be ashamed of. And yet, the closure occurs around either I shame myself for it, you dope, you know, or somebody else shames or blames. Getting angry, you're going to get punished. You start sitting there crying all the time, shut up when you're a toddler. So you get this closure. Now, so, but then there's a spiritual teaching is saying this this sense of closure is built in to the conditioned sensory realm, but actually you're not. You know, you have a potential potency to be bigger than that, to be unlimited. 
You know, so just bear that in mind. Now the vehicle towards that unlimited, and the Buddha said there are, I think, something like 11 vehicles called 11 gates to the deathless. And four of these are the Brahmavihara. I mentioned it's also jhanas and so forth. Let's not get into that, but you know, we're talking about the Brahmavihara is the gates whereby you could say the fundamental uh, resolution, which of course we can't always fulfill, but we do not allow ill will to take over my heart. Do not allow defeat to take over my heart. Do not allow shame to take over my heart. Do not allow sense of um, hopelessness to overcome my heart. When we meet this experience, so how do you, so the energy has to be that which wants to recoil or close or fight. Okay, that's fine, but don't let it take over your heart. How do you not let it take over your heart? Because your heart reaches out and embraces it and holds it carefully. Here you are in your anger. There's strength in your anger. There's life in your anger. There's beauty in your anger. Strange, wild beauty. Okay, let's just be there with that. Feel the body. Be met in that. And relax your body. And you'll find, you know, it turns into strength. And all the great, um, you know, beings who really... um, search for social justice or whatever, they had plenty to get angry about. But they didn't let it take over. They may have talked in, in strong terms, but anger will blur your vision, your capacity to act. You'll be impulsive, careless, inconsiderate. So you need to let it turn you into strength. And this is through not closing down it, not closing it down, and also not just acting upon it. Every great healer has seen the pain. Every great nurse, caring being. You know, I remember with Mother Teresa in an orphanage in Calcutta, where all they do is help people to die. being loved. Can you imagine just the amount of of raw grief that's in the atmosphere there? And how that is supposed to feel cheerful? Never mind, get over it, pull yourself together. (laughs) Or just let it turn into compassion. You know, the Kuan Yin water compassion element it's it's a it's a watery quality where one finds a very tender heart that's not bound down or broken fear sure this is dangerous sure we all die sure there's bad people out there 
Sure, it's dark, sure. Anxiety. You should be anxious. You should feel the touch of fear. Because if you're not, you're stupid. But can you turn it into alertness? Don't get blurred. Don't let your mind get saturated. Stay on alert. But stay alert on your toes, on your feet, on your own feet. Not in terms of the, the future. I remember a few years ago I was on a tudong, which a tudong, as John will tell you, is, is a kind of, um, well, it's a kind of walk pilgrimage where Buddhist monks, nuns, generally monks, go um, take their bowl robes, just wander off, live on alms food, sleep at the foot of a tree, sleep here, sleep there, and so on, you know. And you do this for, some people do it for years. So you're out there. And, of course, you know, nowadays it's, it's, it's a lot more civilised, but in, 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 say, Southeast Asia, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, even, it's, a lot of it's jungle. So, you know, there's wild creatures. There's also, the, you could just get completely lost. You could fall down a ravine. You could drift off in the jungle and never be seen again. Right? And yet, the master, oh, go there, go there. Go there. It's good for you. What's the good about that? <laughs> and let's go where the tigers are. What? Yeah, the tigers are really good for samadhi. You must be nuts. <laughs> and this is tigers. So I, this is a few years ago. I was on Tudong. And of course, there aren't that many tigers around. So we went to a national park in Thailand where there were tigers. And they say, oh, don't worry, tigers, they don't generally eat human beings. It's, you know, it's, they eat deer, they don't like eating human beings. Don't worry about it. Unless they're old tigers, they might. You know, an old tiger who can't run, might knock a human being. Or they're sick, sick tiger might, can't run fast enough, they might kind of, you know, or they're crazy, you know, and they might damage a human being. But generally tigers don't, unless they're old or sick or crazy or something. So, okay. And the old sick crazy tigers. <laughs> so we parked up in some piece of jungle, and this other monk says, "I'm going. I'm. I'm going to move away because if we're further away, we'll get more frightened. You see, if we're together, we won't get the fear." I think this guy's mental. He says, "I oh, don't light any candles because that might frighten. I don't want to frighten a tiger. You must be crazy." So sitting there on this sheet of plastic in the dark, in the jungle, and then of course when the light falls, the jungle starts howling and screaming. What's going on? It's howling and screaming and wailing. There's creatures out there. There's predators out there. In this wild jungle. And there's this tiger surrounding itself. I can hear this rustling sound. Rustling. Not an elephant. Rustling is the sort of sound a, a tiger would make. An old tiger. <laughs> a sick tiger. It's the sound an old, sick, crazy tiger would make. <laughs> and it's coming this way. And you realise you've got zero chance against the tiger, even if it's old and sick. I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, 
hey, this is like serious, you know. I can see the headlines now. They found his spectacles and his sandals. The rest of him, dinner. I'm sitting there like a fear. There's no way out. There is no way out. And so the mind just goes to total singularity because there is no room to run. There's nothing you can do. You sit there, uh, there's this creature walking around and it sort of moved behind me. Like, oh, this is it. And then the mind suddenly went, ah. So rapture and joy. And then something kind of touched me on the back and then moved off. It might have been a dog or a pig or something. And then the, the, the sky shone <laughs> with joy. <laughs> so you, you know, when you really come into there's only the present, there's only the present, then the mind acquires a kind of strength and unity and you realise we will die. So it was always going to be. It was always going to be. It may have not been the day you wanted it to be, but it's never the day you want it to be. It could be today. You know that that door, that death door, is right at the end of your nose. When you breathe out, are you going to breathe in? When you know that, your anxiety turns into alertness and gratitude. So we experience, but then what does it take to, to do that transforming? Well, we remove the future, the what ifs, and instead just hold the heart steady, you know, with the goodwill. You were always going to die. Now, most important thing, not to die in fear. Same thing happened when I was in India. The robbers attacked me, axes waving at my head. Oh, okay, wasn't on my script, but it looks like this is it. What can I do? Well, there's five guys with axes waving axes at my head. All I can do is go gracefully. So I said, okay. Bow my head. That's it. So I did. Wasn't my idea, but okay, looks like So I'm going to go with grace. And so that actually had a very transformative effect. But it's the gathering of the heart around these experiences rather than trying to get over them or feel disappointed they occur. Well, this is a transformation. Now, because they're, they're extremely, from a self point of view, nobody wants them. You know, we may feel a bit of gratification with rage, but I don't want to sit in there for years and years steaming with it. You know, uh, so we don't want it. And particularly if it's socially disgraceful or blamed, you know, you get punished for it. So what occurs 
historically and chronologically as well as systemically is as a closure around that. And that could begin early, early time, three years old, two years old, you know, from your parents. And of course it goes on. Uh, racism, you're an excluded person. You know, it's a closure. And that happens, you don't know why, you just got born, here you are. What's wrong? Why do people, you know, why are they shutting? What's wrong? I don't know. But you know there's a closure. You feel it. So it's so systemically. And of course we also live in strongly systematized societies where, you know, if you drive at 31 miles an hour, you're going to get a ticket. And some zero tolerance. You know, don't give me your excuses about wanting to get home and see your partner and cook dinner. That's an offence, you know, systemic. Uh, right? So we live in obedience, kind of compressed obedience. Control your emotions, your feelings compress. And then we go to our air, to the airport to get our plane. We're going to fly to Atlanta. Get there three hours in advance to check in, be scrutinised, have my hands up, get patted down. I'm a monk, they really do a number on me when I turn up. I think I'm a terrorist, so I get patted down. I feel it's a kind of welcoming ceremony. I should up against the wall, get patted down, congratulate thank you very much. What's under your sabong, my body is. <laughs> you know? So you get through all this stuff and I sit down, plane delayed. Two hours. Sit there longer. Plane delayed, another two hours. Announcement. Sorry, I apologize. Customers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plane cancelled. We <laughs> dearly apologize. Your service, your customer, your service is so valued. We're Comfort of our passengers are number one priority. Ah, get out of it, you know. <laughs> so, so poor, some guy behind a ticket desk has 150 passengers exploding with rage over. It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. So you get a systemic which doesn't listen to you. It doesn't care what you feel. <laughs> so you get that closure. Hmm. And if you get too out of control, they slam you down. So you get closure, 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 closure. And then, of course, we close ourselves because I shouldn't feel this way. Close ourselves. So eventually, you know, you've got to do several things. One is, you know, be, be, be aware of these zones, you know, where we can get messed up and try to live with a heart of loving kindness and good friendships and people you can rely upon. So you bank on developing from the heart in order to develop a world, a relational world, which does listen and you listen and it listens and there's a sense of, hey, this is the real thing. I get upset, she gets upset, we feel sad. Okay, we have Kalyanamita. We experience loving kindness and compassion for each other. We congratulate each other. Oh, you managed to get through that wonderful, you know, 
that was so difficult. Um, so, so I really sort of admire you for being able to manage that kind of difficulty and oppression. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. And we hold faith, equanimity. We're going through tough stuff, but remember, we are, we are still here. We're still moving on. We're still getting on. It's no book isn't closed, not closed down. And we develop it internally. Now, one of the reasons why I often emphasize body work when we're talking about mind and heart is because what occurs, as you're probably aware in trauma, is you get a traumatic experience, your body locks around certain places. I mean, physical places, but mostly emotional places, places of insecurity. We sort of go cold and places where we feel a bit frustrated, something shuts down and we don't. We don't even know what shuts it down because the shutdown doesn't let us feel it. So we just feel there's a lot of numb tissue here. We just feel, you know, don't feel anything. But, so, okay, you don't feel anything. Okay, how does that feel? I don't know. Don't feel, don't feel much at all. Just, what's happening in your body? Oh, body? Wow, what happened? Yeah. Ah, you know, congratulations. That's wonderful. I don't understand it. No, you don't understand it. Don't have to understand it. Just let the body, you know, do what your mind can't do. Body and heart, on a somatic, energetic level, pretty much together. So where the heart closes, the body closes. And the mind can't tell the heart to open. You give all the reassuring messages, you're a wonderful guy, he loves you, but you know better. They haven't seen the real me. You know, they haven't seen how crazy I am when nobody's around. So, okay, so your brain can't, brain can't do it, but you feel it in the body with a mind of equanimity, sympathy, goodwill. It means you don't have to get over it. You don't have to understand it. You don't have, there's no have to about any of it. Just linger, feel the body in the body. And every moment you can stay there with that feeling grounded, breathing in and out. That's beautiful. That's all. And let the process unfold. So this is definitely where the Brahma Vihara are not Christmas cards. They're not sentiments. They are deep healing tools. And I would suggest they are perhaps the only tool, fundamentally. Because even in meditation, you know, you can do meditation where you, you find a way to avoid those bits and you go into some particular object you're focusing on and you avoid bits in your heart. You know, you're focusing on a mantra or on breathing or something or a particular point. And whenever your mind wanders, or oh, wandering mind is bad, go back to the breath. Well, actually, the wandering mind might have been wandering back to the place that you needed to get to. Or it may be bouncing off. 
the sense of inadequacy or anxiety. So rather than saying, get back to the breath, get back to this, and just look, what happened? Felt, felt insecure, felt insecure, felt, felt, I wanted some stimulation, I wanted stimulation. You bad boy, you want stimulation. <laughs> no, why does it want that? It's not fed. Needed. The warmth. 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 May you be well. May you be well. We're all young. At 60, 70 years old, the body, sometimes the heart, has not got beyond 10. What happened at 10, or 3, or 15, or 20, it got stuck there. Because the feeling wasn't something you could manage. Closed it down. Of course, that's not the only truth. It's only a bit. But that's the bit that you get stuck on, that particular bit. And if it was total, there would be no liberation. But the point is we're never totally closed. We just have some scar tissue. And although scar tissue in terms of the body, it, the scars get smaller. Heart tissue, scar tissue in the heart, you can bring it back to life. And this is the medium. Loving kindness, compassion. And you really start to get the sense of what these terms mean. Measureless, no restriction, no deadline, no pressure, no comparison, no should be. No ought to. Yeah. No always. No never. Just now. 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 Mm. That amazing boundlessness of heart, that spirit. Because this is the one that isn't just an emotional blanket. It's a vehicle to transformation and liberation from being identified with the world of circumstance, time and place, karma, in which everybody gets bashed around. Problem wasn't really that you got bashed around. That wasn't a problem. Maybe unfortunate, but everybody gets bashed around. The problem wasn't that you got hurt, though it's not very nice. The problem was that you weren't able to deal with it. You weren't able to be there with it. You closed it or instinctively it got closed. And that's the problem we can change. We can't change history. But we can change now. The closure. And that's, that's the Brahma Vihara project. It's called the unbounded, the liberate, the measureless. So when you meet these experiences in your, in your life, fundamental wish is not they don't occur, but when they occur, I do not allow them to take over. Which doesn't mean I put a wall, I, I recognize and I, I back off, I find my body, I find where I am, I remember, 
I have heart. And with some degree of trepidation, maybe I start moving towards that which I would run away from, carefully, slowly, gently, feeling grounded in my body. Feel the emotional disturbance that occurs. When you stay grounded and clear what you're doing, just in that, you don't even understand, but you want to keep that fundamental mode steady, grounded, emotionally available. Move towards opening up around these difficult, wobbly places. You won't regret it. one way this is kind of what we're here for then we realize that the knocks and blows and confusions of the human condition which we all have are actually the kind of dig in the ribs that gets us to really wake up to our potential you know the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune are like the sparring partners that get us fit And, and make us grow. And if we can meet this, then heart oh, is strong. Then we can cultivate right action, right livelihood, right effort, right aspiration you know, in our lives, with others, and in the world. So this is definitely a vehicle to get going and remember and cultivate. So, thank you for listening, and maybe just take uh, four or five minutes just to sit quietly, don't rush off, and anything that's been useful, you get a few phrases out of what I said that you can recollect, now's the time to recollect them. A few heart gestures that have arisen for you, you noticed, now's the time to remember them. So the meaning of the talk has been properly established where it needs to be established. Thank you.